You're listening to Alabama Tradition with Ryan Fowler and Martin Houston on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. National Championships. 27 SEC titles. 131 first-team All-Americans. 70 postseason appearances. 39 postseason victories. This is Alabama football. And this is Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. present future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. We're going to spend a lot of time here talking about this Alabama-Mississippi State game. We'll spend a lot of time talking about looking back, and then we'll spend some time looking ahead. And uh, we'll also uh, visit with William Barger. He's going to be with us coming up in about 30 minutes. Uh, it's always fun to be able to get William's uh, thoughts, and uh, we'll do that at 6.30. He'll join us, and we'll talk some Alabama Crimson Tide football. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about that 1990 Alabama-Tennessee game. I'd like to get these two guys uh, to talk about that and a lot more. We welcome you in, Martin Houston, the Alabama Tradition. Hey, Martin, I hope all is well. Welcome in to Alabama Tradition. Glad to be in, Ryan. Uh, oh, man. Uh, Tennessee week. It is Tennessee week. It is. Yeah. Why do yeah, you hate a Tennessee? A lot. Because uh, they Tennessee. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. do you have to have Sim- a reason? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, simple as that. Simple as that. And it's not like hate, hate, but it, it's, well, maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, well, they, 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 they low down. <laughs> They some they dirty. <laughs> they some snitches. You know, they got that puke orange. You know, nobody looks good in orange either. <laughs> uh, and they wear the same three clothes uh, three days in a row. <laughs> right? I mean, they yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They, they wear Is it, it just three. Yeah, they, they wear it Saturday for the game, hunting on Sunday, picking up trash on Monday. Same clothes. Oh, so they don't go. They don't go to church. On Sunday well, they don't right, wear the orange. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, they don't. No, they don't. I, don't, I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, we let, let's let's not get into that. We'll we'll have to cover that another day. Uh, let's go Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. Alabama, Mississippi State. Uh, Alabama played good. What was something that maybe you took away from that game? The level of focus on the road in the Southeastern Conference. Well, you know, Ryan, one of the things that uh, you, you wanted to see is regardless of how good this team is or, or could be two games prior to this weekend on the road, uh, lack of leadership was glaring. Um, you know, and so in this game, you felt like 
the leadership was there. Uh, and that leadership started on Monday, you know, uh, with Will Anderson and others and carried throughout the week and manifested itself on, on Saturday. So I would say that, uh, and that is also what I think led to there being a full, um, 60-minute game for the first time. Well, and Nick Saban even talked about that, uh, that, that you know, he felt like that this was one of the first time that we played all 60 minutes. So Alabama was, uh, you know, headed in the right direction. But l- let me ask you defensively, did it impact the game plan knowing that they were a one-dimensional football team? I mean, did that – do you take anything from that? I mean, I'm not trying to devalue what they did, but – it was kind of obvious what Mississippi State wanted to try to do. Yeah, and not just wanted to try to do, that they're going to do. They're going to throw the ball regardless of what's going on. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen. Uh, he he is to the passing game what Coach Stalin was to the running <laughs> game in our era. So uh, there was no question. And if he, if you know, I remember when we played Miami, the guys were like, "Hey, if you can't, y'all can't run the ball, y'all won't beat us." And I was like, "Have you seen us play anybody? If we couldn't run the ball, we we're gonna beat anybody anyway." And and that's kind of the way Mississippi State is. So yes, that that helps, Ryan. Uh, but the players still had to have a commitment to executing because they did. That was a different scheme, guys in in different plays, playing zone. Uh, behind it, uh, at the Roberts. So they still had to have a great week of practice in order to execute what we did. And and I thought we executed it well, Ryan. I know, uh, you know, early on they had some a couple good runs and they, they appear to move the ball. But that's kind of what you have with that offense is it's going to move the ball uh, a lot. Mississippi State is going to move the ball a lot between – the 20s, but when that field shrinks and they can only stretch you vertical, I mean horizontal versus vertical and horizontal, that 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 plan works. So the only way they beat a good team like I'm Alabama is if they get you out of position and make long draw. I mean long big plays, and we limited those. We played well in the red zone. We got turnovers and sacks, and all of that together, you know, equals a nine point you know, production. Well, you look at the balance on Alabama on the rushing side, uh, 218, 348 was the net on the passing side. Uh, if you look at first downs, they were able to run for 11 first downs, and they were able to pass for 11 first downs. Alabama was a balanced team, not when you look at statistically, but just what they wanted to do offensively, and it kind of kept the other team guessing. Yeah, well, you know, I think we sometimes – Mistake balance, Ryan. We, okay. we, we, I think we sometimes think balance is just defined by, you know, having 245 rushing yards and 255 passing yards, you know, or 260. We call that balance. That's, that's not what balance means to me. That, that can represent being balanced, but that's not just what it means. What it means is when you need to run the ball, you can run the ball. And when you need to pass the ball, you can pass the ball. In other words, you can do, you can do both sides of that pendulum uh, 
whenever you want to. And if you decide to go a little heavy on the pass or you have some big plays like, um, you know, Ryan, if you really take away um, the the pass to the running back, which was really like a long handoff, uh, did Jameis Winston, Jameson Williams run, uh, his long one, you probably – the rest of the game was pretty much the same on both. You, you see what I'm saying? Sure, I do. So it, yeah, it wasn't, absolutely. Yeah. It, it really wasn't. Those, those two plays, you know, were really like five-yard passes that went 60 yards. So, uh, and that's what threw that balance out of, out of whack when you look at the total yards. You've always been a big uh, fan of Brian Robinson, and, I mean, we talk about him very often, but, I mean, I continue. I, I think he's impressed me more in the last month, month and a half than, than maybe I've I've been impressed with Brian Robinson, but just the workmanship, the leadership. Uh, but Roy Dell Williams had a good game, uh, 78 yards, 7.1-yard average. Um, what what did you see from Roy Dell that maybe allowed him to have that success? I mean, he just confidence is growing, which is a good thing. Alabama needs to – uh, backs in that backfield. Yeah, he, he 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 seems to be a little more explosive uh, at the point of get off, if that makes sense. Uh, um, it, it doesn't. The hole doesn't have to seem to be as big or as long for Rodell uh, as it does Brian, um, and and so he's going to have more clean runs than Brian, meaning. That you know, if you you look at the end of the game, he's gonna have uh, a few more of those plays where he squirted through and 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 got clean, got through clean. Um, but Brian's gonna be a guy that that wears on you. So uh, you know, we're, I don't know if we're at a point where we're to start having some thunder and lightning, or mm. you know, jab and body blow, uh, or, or jab and uppercut, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but Brian is more of a, a hard-nosed guy, going to get you those tough yards. Even when there's not a hole, he moves the pile. Wardell is a guy that can squirt through and, 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 and has the potential to take it to the house You know, every time he touches it. Well, just a lot of fun to be able to see uh, develop uh, backs, and, and I hope Trey Sanders can get a part of that as well because that can just help us in the long run of, of, of developing confidence. But did, did you see anything – that, that these guys did with pass protection? Because I know that had been some of the issues. It was not where the ball was in the hand. It was the uh, picking up some of those blitz packages from the backups. Uh, any any way to evaluate that? Did you see anything you liked, anything you didn't like from the backup backs uh, and picking up the, the pressure? Well, I mean, it, you know, you can always kind of tell. Uh, I don't think Mississippi State's blitz package was as complicated or as well executed as A&M. But I do think the backs as a whole did a good job uh, of stepping up and, and, and filling it. But, um, Ryan, the other thing is I think we had some hot routes. You know, remember you asked that question last week about what do you do? Sure. Uh, I think we had some, some hot adjust routes to, 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 to it, which added to, you know, um, the the blitz pickup and the blitz protection, but I think overall the the back seem to show the physicality to step up in there and help out uh, on blitzes and 
that's what's going to help us to have more big plays down the down the road when we get to uh, these teams that blitzes us a little bit more. All right, I'd like to take you back Saturday night and inside your house. If we could interview uh, Miss Houston um, when they went jumbo down inside the uh, the what one or two yard line. And they brought in the jumbo package. What what did you do? I mean, did, did you did you did you let out a yelp, or did you just say, "I had a way to do it"? I mean, what was the reaction? <laughs> of course, <laughs> I can tell tell when 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 we called timeout. I, I of course I was already typing you a message, and I, I had to change it. I was about to send you a message that says. Why are we not in jumbo? Uh, sure. And then we called timeout. And when they called timeout, I had to change it. And I sent you a message and said, hey, they're getting ready to send the jumbo package in uh, and when we come back out of uh, this timeout. And they're going to run it to the, to the, to the left side. So, <laughs> and, and, that, and that's what they did. So it was, it was good. To I see. don't know if I want to read uh, the follow-up to that. It was pretty good, too. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I mean, what was my follow-up, Ryan? We would be undefeated if we used oh, that yeah. last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did. I forgot about yeah, that. that. I did a... say that. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and, 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 and who would argue with that? Yeah. Well, I mean, just you – know, it... Yeah, I mean, it, but, but, I mean, that's Alabama football, Martin Houston. Yeah. Ryan, and, and Saban took, took a blow for his offensive coordinator. But um, that, that 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 we going so fast we couldn't change personnel. That's that's so hogwash, you could say. <laughs> you know what would what would coach what what term what was that the coach Stallings used to say? Uh, God, I forget, said, Ryan. So, so, something about eat your hat. Is that the one? Yeah, I can't remember what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Oh you know no, I think, I think yeah, I think we got the audio. I'll eat your hat. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, he said if that's the truth, I'll eat your hat. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, right. Yeah. So, so <laughs> that's what I was thinking with Coach uh, Saban said that if 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 we're going so fast, well, the first thing you do when you're signaling in the play is signaling in the personnel. <laughs> so so if you're signaling in the personnel, uh, that means that if you Ryan, that would have been the seventh play in a row inside the five, right? Where we had. Oh wow! Yeah, three to four wides in and in the back spread out and bringing them back into motion. Right? It would have been. That'd have yeah. been seven times in a row. That's not a. That's a philosophy. That is your mindset. If you do that and you and, and that many times out of that many times, you never could find a way to sub the big package in because you're going so fast. I thought the whole point of going fast. Ryan, is that you had plenty of time left in the play clock, and it kept the defense from subbing, not you. Right? Uh, yes. Okay, so where did the, where does that come from, though? I mean, because I, I, I think – I mean, I, I know we were at lunch yesterday, and I brought this up, that the NFL, you just can't do it. You, you can't move those mountains. Is it just simply a – Unless you the Tennessee Titans. Well, that's true too, uh, but that guy's yeah. But that guy yes, in the backfield's that is, that, got a little advantage there. Yeah, he's two hundred fifty pound lineman runs a runs twenty two miles per hour. But right. but no, right? You're you're exactly right. I, I was talking to someone about it, uh, another coach, and the coach literally said, 
He literally said, that's that pro stuff, Martin. <laughs> and that's what it is. That the, the pro mentality of you have to um, throw the ball at the goal line. You you can't run it. That's that, and that's what Bill O'Brien, I think, um, was has, has fell into. But I think I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus this time. <laughs> the other thing that coach said was, notice he said, I'm "Not going to throw anybody under the bus this time." But next time, it better not happen again. <laughs> That's that coach said. That's what he was really saying. So, well, and you know, it, it is a a thought process. Um, but hey, you know what? It, it'll give not only all of us as fans uh, a different perspective. Maybe it gives that confidence that offensive line. Hey, we we believe in you, man. We believe that you can move. And really, if you go back to the latter part of the game against Florida, look at what they did to take over that game and finally win it. They ran the football. Yes. Believe in your yeah. offensive line. Show them some confidence. And, and that's what you do. And that's why I was saying, Ryan, when we did it, when we when we go to that type of formation, you to me, you're communicating. You don't believe they they can move. They can move the other team, and it, it, it speaks volumes to your confidence. I mean, I'm glad Nick Saban and you know, whoever called the timeout. And that we made that change, but we'll see if it's a philosophy or that was just a one-time thing, because it was fresh on everybody's mind. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. We're going to come back. We'll do uh, segment number two, and we'll, we'll look ahead. I got some stories, got some questions coming in for Martin Houston. We're going to we're going to share those. Uh, then we'll talk to William Barcher coming up around six thirty, right here on Alabama Tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. You are listening to Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler. Your connection to Tuscaloosa and the University of Alabama Athletics on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tuesday. That's what the uh, the country music theme is. Uh, we got William Barger coming up here in a couple of minutes, and uh, we'll talk some Alabama Crimson Tide football. Uh, Martin, I've asked you about this a hundred times, but uh, I go back to 1990. Uh, a very important win for Coach Stallings uh, in year number one. And uh, what do you remember about that game? Because I, I know you've shared a lot of stories about that, but uh, today that was brought up multiple times uh, on my show here in the afternoon. Hey, Martin. Uh, Martin. Yes. Oh, sorry. So, sorry about that. No, no, no my bad. No, that was, that was my fault. I had it on mute. Okay. No worries. Um, no worries. Yeah, 1990, <laughs> uh, 9 to 6. What do you remember about that game? Because I know I've asked you about it 100 times, but uh, people yeah, but want to talk it, about it, that game. Well, Ryan, it, 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 was, it was one of those moments. Uh, it was our Lod Monroe. Uh, of our era, I think, um, on the positive. You know, um, we had changed coaches. 
Um, you know, Coach Stallings was – people questioned Coach Stallings higher. You know, um, hey, this guy's never won. He's never won anywhere. And at that point, we had started the season off 0-3 and had gotten, you know, um, tight win against Georgia and, you know, another close win and no, no, nothing to write home about. And that Tennessee team, Ryan, was a top-10 team, if I'm not mistaken, at the time we played them, uh, they had, you know, you know, guys all over the field that were, you know, superstars and big time. And we were just trying to <laughs> trying to right the ship, uh, literally, uh, and had no business, according to everything and the pundits and the heads of the day, at two and three. But that win, Ryan, you know, it, 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 it changed things and it made us believe. And, of course, from that point on, um, from 90, I think, to 93, we only lost three games, right? I think that's right. I yeah. mean, 91, we lost one. Um, and then the next year, we lost none. And, you know, um, we lost two more that year. I'm sorry. We lost two more that year. And then we lost one the next year. And then, um, yeah, I think that was it. Because we ended up uh, with only five losses, you know, counting that year uh, under Stalin. And then the next year, I think they went 12-1 and one after we left. Sure. So, so yeah. I mean. <laughs> not, not a bad. Not, I mean, not compared to Nick Saban, but, I mean, you know, that's pretty good. Well, well, actually, Ryan, I mean, that run from that point on, if you get past that, you know, that point, pretty, pretty, pretty good little run. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm just, I'm just throwing, throwing stones. Hey, listen, if we had opportunity, if we had a national championship or a playoff run, that 11 and 1 team in 91 may, may have been able to, to win point, a championship. We, we were, we, it won ten in a row. We just had to, you know, we we didn't have a chance to redeem ourselves against that Florida team. Um, next year we went undefeated. Next year they went all the way up into that Florida team again. I think so. Uh, pretty pretty impressive stuff. And it all started with that Tennessee game. And of course, the funnest part of that game for me, Ryan, is the fact that we're lining up. Uh, they're lining up to kick the field goal to win. We block it and it rolled back far enough that we line up kicking and win after, you know, a couple plays. So pretty pretty crazy turnaround and the rest is history. All right, so you're going to have to forgive me because you got to remember in 92 I was still in diapers. So no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, <laughs> funny. I mean, if you want real jokes, I mean, somebody on this show has, was not alive. Jacob, yet. be quiet. <laughs> Jacob, be quiet. <laughs> All right, so I, I hope I'm not asking a question that puts you at a bad spot. But um, I said, this came in, said, Ryan, if you get a chance, ask Martin about what Langham said on national TV right before kickoff of the 92 game up there. Antonio told us uh, Coach Stallings was not very pleased, and he said, 43, what were you thinking? So does that do anything for you? Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, hey, listen. You got. You have to remember that fans hear 
sometimes more than the players in the locker rooms do. Like, okay, like that when things are happening, like the offense, we're we're off over here. I, right, like that. Give you a great example. People always want to know what did we think the first time we saw the eleven man defensive front in the minor, in the national championship game, right? Sure. Well, you know the first time we saw it? What, what that Same time you saw it. Really? We were standing on the sideline. <laughs> you think it looked weird on television? You'd be looking out on the field and realize, oh, my God, all of them are at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> exactly. We have so whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so whatever Langham said or did, usually with stories we find out later. But I'm not if, – if you tell me what he did, I might remember it. Yeah, right I, d- I don't. Somebody just asked me to ask, but uh, we might have to get Langham to tell that story. But uh, uh, but if it, it had something to do with Langham, I believe it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a, he was a pretty good one. So, I don't know exactly what he said or what he didn't say. But uh, – Anyway, but uh, that was a point. Though he was a young buck, so he may have did something pretty crazy. Yeah, but forty three. I thought you were going to ask me. I thought you were going to ask me about uh, the fumble. No, 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 no. But you, you're you're welcome to tell that story, though. I mean that that's a good one what? with uh, Coach Stallings. I mean. I never forget. I told you one time. I said, "I know what it's like to fumble the football." Coach Stallings gave me that 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 look uh, through the air on the air. <laughs> yeah, we were we were. It was seventeen ten, rise in ninety two, and we're, we didn't even run the clock out. And of course, the kiss of death, almost like the announcer's curse, when they say, "Hey, this guy's hit ten in a row," or you know, you know, hadn't fumbled in this many carries. So Stalin pretty much said, hey, let's go run the clock out. Get a ball to Houston. You don't ever fumble. Well, I fumbled. Uh, well, what did you do wrong? I, did you evaluate? I mean, did, did you? I mean, Ryan, it was in that type of situation, what you don't do is try to get extra yards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you just run the clock out, right? When contact happens, boom. You 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 make the contact. You go to the ground because you're not first down is not your goal. It's just run the clock. I mean, touchdown is not your goal. It's get your yards, get down. Well, I went through their ride and 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 literally, I don't. They, they didn't tackle me. They tackled at the ball, and I just I I I, I think I thought I was about to take it to the house and be the hero. <laughs> And I didn't have the ball. <laughs> I've heard that one before. I was wondering before. why nobody was tackling me. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, needless to say, when that happened, we were, say, I don't remember what yard line. But say Coach Stalin standing on the 35, I walked like all the way to the other 30 to avoid him. <laughs> And he was he was calling. I mean, he had that that you know I call it that official stare where he used to stare down the officials. He gave that to me, man. And if looks could kill, 
I would have been a dead man. So, but needless to say, Chris Donnelly made a great interception, picked the ball off, and the rest is history. I went out, hugged him, told him I loved him. And Ron, reason that was a big deal then, we were the better team. But if it had ended in a tie, if they went down and scored, there was no overtime. There you go. Good, good. It would have been a tie game. Good stories, and that's what teammates do, man. They bail you out. Uh, you bail them out, they bail you out, and that's why, that's why yes. you call it a team sport. And we're going to talk with one of your teammates, William Barger, up in just a couple of minutes. We'll talk about the offensive line and a lot more. He's next on Alabama Tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Hey. Hot! It's having no fun! Have some fun, man! Talking Alabama Crimson Tide football on Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tradition. We're going to go uh, with Martin Houston, myself. We're going to go to William Barger, and we're going to welcome him into the conversation. And um, I believe Martin is locked in. Is that right? So let me go to William. William, uh, hope all is well. Welcome into Alabama Tradition. Hey, Ryan. How are you, man? Hey, very good. Very good. Very good. Martin and I were sharing some stories about um, Coach Stallings and different looks and chewing outs. What's the biggest butt chewing you've ever got from uh, Coach Stallings. We, we would have to take that into some type of pay-per-view uh, <laughs> venue. Or, 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 uh, yeah, we, we, we can't – I mean, I can't tell the stories properly with, with the, you know, the, the, the rules that we're confined with on the radio. Okay, okay. Well, Martin was sharing the one that he fumbled uh, against Tennessee and that look. Uh, he said it was a pretty amazing one. Well, I'm sure Martin's were probably a little bit more milder than mine. Mine tended to uh, center around missing study hall and bars. <laughs> hey, what's up, William? Good, Martin. How are you, man? Good. Don't tell all your business, man. No, no, no. Let, yeah, let, let it stay out there on the strip. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Now, Martin, being uh, be, being a leader, did you ever have to go to the um, the strip and get anybody? I mean, did you ever have to make that trip? I mean, was that part of your responsibility? It was not. I, I never had to go to the strip, but I was occasionally asked to talk to guys to maybe help them make a better choice oh. than to go to the strip. <laughs> <laughs> I was more of, I was more of the preventative guy than the than the go get the guy. <laughs> Well, William, we want to get your thoughts on a lot of different things, but um, just your biggest takeaway from Alabama's performance uh, in Starkville against Mississippi State. Well, I mean, I thought it was a great performance. You know, the the players looked, um, you know, prepared and, and engaged and, you know, excited to be out there playing as a group. And, 
Um, you know, whether it was, you know, everybody getting excited about, you know, Holden's first, you know, touchdown reception or, you know, Jordan Battle's interceptions, you, you could just tell there was a, you know, a different vibe in the air Saturday night in Starkville versus the one that was, um, you know, in, in College Station the Saturday before that. Hey, William, did you, did you sense, and, and, and having played, you understand this as much as anything, when expectations are high, um, you know, I didn't have I didn't have to come back after um, after winning the national championship, but you did. And and in football, it wasn't as fun. Uh, it didn't seem like it was as much fun for you guys. You know, uh, some of the guys that first four or five games into that next year, because it was all business, and it's like we got to do this, and it's almost like the guys on Saturday. Like Coach Saban, like okay, the pressure's off. You don't have to be perfect like last year. Now let's go play and have fun. Did you sense any of that? You know, Martin, I think the '93 season was was kind of similar um, to the '90 season. Um, mm-hmm. We we lost a lot of people to injuries. I mean, you know, I think by the LSU game, David Palmer was inventing the Wildcat. Um, Yes, you know, he was quarterback for the first for the first <laughs> right. time. You know, the college football ever saw that. You know, that's how thin things were at quarterback, and you know, we lost some other key guys, um, and and you know, just you know, the injuries, and, and you know, maybe some bad calls here and there. Um, you know, kind of derailed us, but you know, certainly going into the season, I you know, I think we felt confident. I think we thought we had a good you know a good team, and. Um, you know, things just didn't go our way. I, you know, I think it's a little bit different, um, you know, with this team because they're so young. Um, you know, this, you know, as far-fetched as this sounds, and if you, you know, base it on how guys are playing every Saturday, um, you know, I think, you know, probably the, the main leader on offense is a sophomore quarterback that's in his first year of starting and, you know, a second-year outside linebacker you know, that's in his second year of starting. And at, at a program, especially like Alabama, and I'm not saying that there's other leaders, but I'm talking about guys that, you know, kind of practice what they preach and, and prove it on Saturdays right. and in practice every day. Um, you know, I just think that's kind of where this team is. You know, I think by the end of the – you know, you're seeing, you know, guys like Brian Robinson emerge, and certainly I feel like with the way he plays and his work ethic, he's got a voice. Um, but but it's just, you know, such a lot of new faces. And, you know, I, I do think with, you know, the amount of, you know, young guys that are factoring in on both sides of the football, I'm still not sure that um, despite all of Will Anderson's, you know, speeches, I'm still not sure that a lot of them fully understand and grasp what that standard, you know, is that, that you know, the process produces. And, you know, I still think they're working their way through that. But, um, you know, certainly if they can build on Saturday and start bull and, and, you know, keep that environment, I know they're going to be excited, you know, coming back to Tuscaloosa this Saturday to, you know, to play Tennessee, certainly. But, you know, I think there's just been some growing pains with this team. And, you know, I think probably some people fell asleep at the wheel this summer and didn't really factor that in. But, um, you know, it's, it's just a different team, and, and a lot of talent was lost off of that 2020 team. And it wasn't just talent. It was a lot of leadership. Martin Houston, Ryan Fowler, William Barger. Um, guys, and I, yeah. this is both question for both of you guys. I was listening to a coach talk. That's been about two weeks ago, and he said there's two things 
that you cannot fabricate in a locker room. He said, you want competition. He said, there's nothing. He said, I'm telling you, when you got people that can push one another and you create competition, that's good. He said, but accountability in that locker room. He said, when players hold other guys accountable, it's different. He said, your coach can say it a million times, but a teammate says it. He said, it, it just hits home a lot harder. Can you guys both address that a little bit? Go ahead, William. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that's kind of been the, the dynamic in a locker room, um, Ryan, from you know the beginning of football. I mean, yeah, the coaches can demand excellence in practice. They can demand accountability. But, you know, every, every team um, has got to have what I call enforcers. And that doesn't necessarily mean physical enforcers. Sometimes they turn into that. But, you know, you, you, you got to have a guy that, you know, if somebody's getting out of line and, you know, not doing things the right way, both on and off the field, you know, there's got to be somebody in there that's, you know, willing to get in their face and tell them they're going down the wrong road and that's not acceptable. And, um, you know, the, the, you know, a couple of the guys that come to my mind, you know, from the, from the saving tenure, you know, Rolando McClain was one of those guys. Um, Dante Hightower was one of those guys. And, um, you know, we, we could go on and on. Certainly, I think Landon Dickerson was one of those guys last year. Um, but, you know, that, that just is something, you know, the coaches can't be with you 24-7. And, you know, that's just something that the team has to kind of police itself. And, and, and I would add to that, Ryan, is, is sometimes you, what, what's amazing to me about Will Anderson is that he really is a young guy who, who, who came off stepped on the field, I should say, playing at the Bama standard and really didn't have a guy in front of him to show him what that was, you know. Great point. But he, he picked up on it from the other guys, if that makes sense. From He watched Landon Dickerson and Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and all of that. But when, when you take all the other guys around him that didn't play that much last year, do you take all the new guys that are going to be playing – they don't know what it takes to win. They they saw what that team did last year, and that team last year made it look easy, right? I mean, they made it look easy week in and week out. And I think Will Anderson was trying to get them to see it before it was a loss. Uh, uh, and, and so, Ryan, that's what he said. You can't you can't teach that accountability to work hard at practice every day and do the right thing every day. Until, and that until was until Texas A&M beat us. And, and now when Will Anderson stands up and says what he says, he, he says, now you understand what I was trying to tell you. I told you it could happen, and you didn't think it could happen. And all of those young guys who were starting for the first time and all those guys who have never been there, now they had tangible uh, things and it wasn't just the coaches saying it because that's their job. It was a teammate saying it because he's been there, done that, and now he wants to get back there. The guys, when you when you look at when we look at Will Anderson, because I think we're all identifying him as the leader on that side of the football. He's just a sophomore. I mean, he, he's going into you know whatever number of games ten last year, uh, the playoff games, the SEC title, and then you know going into game number five or six, whatever here. Because there's other upperclassmen on that defensive side of the football, but it looks like his unit on that side. Well, I mean, Ron, I think that's kind of what makes him the, the elite player that he is. I mean, 
you know, if, if you look where he is statistically right now, let's just call it the midpoint of the season, you know, I think he's sitting with close to 50 tackles, seven sacks, and, and leads the nation with 15 tackles for a loss. You know, this is a guy that, you know, you know, you, you can't coach having, you know, a wingspan like he has. You can't coach his, you know, five to ten yard, you know, get off quickness. Um, you know, that's just something that God blessed him with, and he certainly worked his, his tail off to improve on it. But, you know, he's a guy that shows up at practice every day and, you know, practices like he's a walk-on trying to make the 125-man roster. And that's just not right. the norm, not the norm um, you know, for somebody that talented. I mean, you know, Martin and I played with some guys that, you know, you can't get away with this like you could 30 years ago. But we had quite a few good players on our team that, you know, were so good and talented, they could kind of, you know, take it easy during the week. And when those lights came on on Saturday, you know, they showed up to play. You know, might be, you know, uh, they didn't do everything in the weight room or, you know, they didn't, you know, do all the conditioning or, you know, off-the-field stuff. But, you know, it, it's become such a big business and okay. it's so micromanaged now for, for many different reasons. You know, you just can't be that that way anymore. And, and you know, certainly Will Anderson is the opposite of that uh, stereotype. I mean, just, you know, he's got a walk-on's work ethic with a top 10 draft picks ability. You know, and, and, and William, the guy I would compare him to is a lot like Julio Jones just on the other side of the ball. You know, when, you, when, you, when you're – Yeah. What yeah. Coach David always says, when you're – when your best player is your best leader, both on the field and off the field, that's such a rare combination. And and and, and, and think about that guy, Ryan. And, and leadership is, I think Saban, with who he took to Birmingham, tried to manufacture leadership, and it'll work for a while. But it doesn't work when when there's um, manufacturer or positional leadership. Ryan doesn't work when things aren't going right. And 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 what you saw last week was things went off, and it didn't matter who Saban had tried to make the leader. The leader was going to rise to the forefront. But Saban always says, and I, I never forget that he said, a leader. Uh, is a guy who, when he speaks, there's not some glaring error in his in his game or his life that that will cause everybody else not to listen. So when Will Anderson says, "Hey guys, we got to get back on it at practice," then who's going to question that? When we're not practicing like champions, Will Anderson can say that, and guys will respond. Other guys on the team, Ryan, can't say that. Because they're like the guys William was just talking about. They have so much talent that they look good on Saturday, but they they can't lead other guys to be better, and I think that's what Will Anderson does. I mean, we could talk about that guy. And here's the crazy part, guys. I don't think he's been healthy but two games all year. Yeah, Mark, and also, healthy. too, when you, when, when, when you factor in that at least for the last two games, you know, especially with, the numbers he put up Saturday in Starkville, um, you know, it's a lot easier to be a, a, an elite pass rusher, you know, when you've got, you know, if, if you're Eric Curry and you look across the other side and there's a John Copeland, um, you know, he, he's looking over there and he's seeing the third team Sam linebacker who's a true freshman 
um, you know, still trying to, you know, learn his way around. And, um, you know, that that's kind of hard to do because when opposing teams see that situation, you know, that Dallas Turner is going to draw a single block and Will Anderson's probably going to get a double or a triple team in a lot of cases. Right. Martin, you got a question yeah, for William? Do what? I, I was I was saying if you got a question for William, go ahead. Uh, then I got one at the end. Yeah, no, no, I, you know, for me, William, um, I've I, I watched the offensive line, and we had talked a few weeks back. Um, what, 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 what do you see? What are you seeing as far as is this line growing? Um, uh, do they have any more upside? And if not, uh, Will this offensive line, you know, be able to to get us over the hump? Because uh, that Georgia Georgia's defensive front, the reason Kirby's doing what he's doing over there in Georgia, in my opinion, is he can he can put eight guys, seven eight guys back and get a pass rush with four guys that require everybody to be double teamed. Uh, are, are we? Is this offensive line without much more improvement going to be able to? to provide what we need if we get to that matchup uh, in a showdown. Yeah, I mean, I think they're still, you know, they, they can still get better and improve. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, that was a legit front seven that they faced, you know, in Starkville. Um, you know, yeah. there's at least one guy on that defensive line named Nathan Pickering that I know, you know, Alabama wishes that they had gotten. But but right. the, the thing that I think could could you know really make this offense scary is you know if the offensive line coach Doug Marone can can, can teach these guys you know better a gap blitz recognition and, and better pass pro principles when they see you know stunts and twists you know a lot of that pressure especially you know on the interior part of the offensive line with the center and the two guards um, it, it happens in a lot of cases where um, you know, the, the, let's say the left guard and the left tackle have a three technique lined up in the gap between them. And, you know, that guy kind of splits the, the gap. And then, you know, they, they run a, a linebacker through the A gap and the, you know, the guard still doesn't trust what he's seeing. And, you know, is scared right. to detach from the three technique and pick that, you know, that inside blitzer up. As an offensive lineman, you know, especially in pass protection, you're always taught, you know, this from playing fullback. You had to do a lot of pass okay. pro yourself. You know, you're, you're you're taught to take the closest threat to the quarterback. Closest threat, no closest baby. Threat <laughs> than, than somebody coming through that a gap. So, That's yeah, right. I mean, I, I think at this stage, you know, the, I think the ability is certainly there. Um, but they just got to clean some stuff up. Um, you know, with blitz blitz pickups and pass protection stuff. Um, and, and you know, if they can do that, got about ninety seconds here. Go ahead, William. Is that? Or is that the, is that based off of the lack of communication or ability for that center, or is it alignment across the whole front? Yeah, I mean that's not really you know if, if there's a three techniques on the left hand side, Martin. Obviously, yeah. obviously there's going to be a one technique to the right. So the center yep. is sliding to the right makes that a gap yep. to the left side even bigger. So that's really something that has to be communicated to the you know the play side guard and tackle. There we go. Hey, guys, we got to get out of here. Great analysis. Martin asked the question that I was trying to ask as well, so that was perfect. It was a great way to end it. William, thank you for your time. I hope you have a great evening. We appreciate the opportunity. 
Thanks, William. Hey, good catching up with you guys. Thank you. That's William Barger. That's Martin Houston. We'll say good night. Hillcrest Huddle coming up in just a couple of seconds. Martin Houston tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. I'll see you at 2. Have a great evening. Roll Tide for Alabama Tradition. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A beautiful afternoon with a good supply of sunshine. The high today, 77. For tonight, clear with the low at 49. Tomorrow, partially sunny. The high, 79. Thursday, mostly cloudy. A few showers likely. Maybe a thunderstorm in spots. The high, 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 70 degrees in Tuscaloosa.